We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello, welcome to episode number 23 of Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I am managing editor at Pixelkin.org. I am joined today by fellow mom, Linda Brenneman, who's publisher and editor at Pixelkin. Hello. And once again, I forgot to come up with a clever way to introduce Simone. You could never possibly introduce me in a way that does me justice. Yeah. So we have non-mom Simone de Rochefort. (laughs) And our guest today is Amy Lang. She is founder, writer, everything at Birds and Bees and Kids, which is an awesome site that helps parents learn how to talk to their kids about sex. So, Amy, thanks so much for being here. My total pleasure. So, sex. Sex and video games. How do the two line up? (laughs) So, when we're talking about adult sex and video games, right, no, we're not going to talk about adult sex and video games. We're going to talk about kids and video games and what what the connection is here. And I just love the work that you're doing because I think that it's so important for parents to feel comfortable and confident about what their kids are doing online and how they're playing games and what games they're playing. So um, I think that... uh, you know, one thing you should all know about me is that I have a teenage boy. And Yay. so there's video gaming <laughs> happening at my house yeah. and there is sex talking happening at my house. And yeah. believe it or not, those two things can intersect. Yeah. You know, it seems a little weird, I think. So I totally appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things I was thinking about was like, how do we talk to kids about sex? Mm-hmm. And one of the strategies parents can use is to use the things that you do together as tools for having conversations. Right. That Absolutely. Makes, right? Yeah. That's the best way to make it more natural, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. As opposed to coming into the room and sitting down and be like, okay, <laughs> we're having It's time. time for the talk. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Oh, my God. I can imagine nothing more frightening. (laughs) On which end, (laughs) non-mom? Both both ends. (laughs) Delivering. So one of the things I think that's really interesting for me, so Milo's 15 or almost 15, and he's really – uh, is advocating to play Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. And I have issues with Grand Theft Auto because As do many of us. Right? <laughs> because there's a certain amount of crappy crap that goes on yeah. in that game regarding women. And so they call it GTA. Mm-hmm. So it's code. I think it's become code. So parents don't know. <laughs> I have theories. So parents don't know. So Milo really wants to play GTA. And the cool thing about him wanting to play GTA is that it means we get to talk about sex workers. Yeah. We get to talk right. about sex work, right? Yeah. And so right now what's happening at my house is that Milo is more than welcome to purchase that game on his own as soon as he writes me an essay about sex work. That is so yeah. cool. And That's amazing. Yeah. And it's great idea. And as yeah. soon as I have that and it meets my standards, then he <laughs> can I want him to understand what sex yeah. work is, how it works in our world. You know, we've got this thing going on right now with sex work in terms of the Amnesty International saying mm-hmm. it should be decriminalized. Yeah. Like I want him to really understand what this means and he 
is every once in a while he burbles up and he's like, okay, now tell me about this essay again. And I'm like, dude, what do I need to say? <laughs> right? And so there's no, it's not syllabus happening. Or? <laughs> it's not happening. It's not happening. And I know he plays at his friends' houses. So uh-huh. I think that for, you know, from, for parents, if we think about like, what are these things that are in our kids' lives? Mm-hmm. How can we use them? So I'm being super manipulative, right? <laughs> and, and I'm proud of myself because yeah. it's making him think and we're having these conversations. Right. right. And so with little kids, one of the nice things about playing video games is that when you're playing a video game, it's a really easy time to bring up other topics, right? It's like, hey, mm-hmm. did you remember when we were reading this book? Like, I know, yeah, like, yeah. I know Nicole <laughs> just had a, yes. like, a little something going at her house. Yes, it was wonderful. There's a book that Amy recommends uh, at every speaking session I've ever heard. It's called It's Not the Stork. It's aimed at preschools, like four to six-ish kind of range. Anna's three, but she's kind of advanced and she's been asking lots of questions. So we went ahead and got it. Um, And it's been great. I love it. Yeah. And so like when you have this conversation Mm -hmm. sort of already started and then you're engaged in a game and, you know, they're kind of distracted and you're like, okay, let's see here. (laughs) I I think I could throw something in here and you can just say a little something. It might be relationship based. It might be actually about parts. And like your your boy may have his hand down his pants while he's playing. And you're like, (laughs) hey, dude, just want to remind you that fine to touch your penis, but that's something you do in private alone. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) I don't think that that's specific. Specific to boys. I, it is not specific <laughs> to boys. <laughs> so when it comes to... As I have learned. Oh, dear. dear. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> when it comes to finding that time to talk to kids about this stuff, uh, we always talk a lot about car rides as a way to do it. Would you... Do you think video games are maybe an even better way to kind of get into those conversations? Or are they kind of each their own thing? They're kind of each their own thing. Like, I love talking... That's great advice, right? Talk to yeah. your kids in the car, right? Because they're behind you, captive audience, you're... <laughs> you're a little like focused on the driving and they're a little focused on whatever. And yeah. so you can, you know, lob public service announcements over your shoulder. Um, so the thing about using video games kind of consciously is that it helps you find other moments to do, to have these little conversations in a, in a more conscious kind of way. Yeah. And video games can be really good for that. Partly just the way the characters are clothed or mm-hmm. unclothed in video <laughs> yeah. games. Oftentimes, um, it's kind of a good jumping off point to discuss um, attitudes about women um, and men versus men in games and how yeah. and how that reflects our society or doesn't reflect our society. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a great opportunity for gender conversations. Mm-hmm. So, Linda, you will be very proud of me. <laughs> I have been playing Far Cry 4. Wow! wow. Alright. <laughs> That's great. And I made it through the prologue. I had a bunch of coaching with Milo, and then he went away, and I made it all the way through the prologue, and I'm in this little town, and I had to call him with an emergency call, because <laughs> I'm like, what are these silhouettes of monkeys? And, you know, what is this you know, what is happening? I don't understand this. But, you know, when you were talking, I was thinking that one of the things that Milo and I can, Milo and I can talk about is, like, these strong women characters that are in that game. Like, one of the women is – there's a leader woman. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And so, like, exactly, like, finding these little moments where we can talk about gender. I mean, I think that's probably one of the biggest gifts of video games yeah, is that, yeah. you know, for all its trouble. Right. right. <laughs> For all the trouble, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there, I think, yeah. with that. So. I think that's why it's such a good idea for parents to either try the games themselves or even watch Let's Plays of them on YouTube. Because then you you have found that that 
information from the game so you can bring it up in a conversation naturally and it can be a something that you share rather than just pestering him about what he's doing all the time yeah. so pestering in a kind <laughs> way <laughs> parental pestering which is I, always which yeah, I yeah. also encourage like I also encourage like over the shoulder gaming and talking about what the kids are doing but I think it there's a lot that you can bring to it just by exploring it yourself and bringing things to them so yeah, yeah. I, I just love the idea of making him write an essay about sex work because that is <laughs> it, it's also really like telling to me that he hasn't done it yet. So like, yeah, you know, that's what you get. You aren't ready to play the game if you're not ready to engage with that content in an academic way. So yeah. I just I love everything about that. So. <laughs> and it's not that important to him. Yeah, right. right. There you go. He's not. It's not that important. He can run around and kill other people in other ways. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm terrible. <laughs> no. 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 You know. And so I think the other thing that happens, like with gaming, and of course, I'm kind of talking about older kids, right? Yeah. Like younger kids. I know. You know that people are paying a lot more attention to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I was I was telling you all as we were prepping for the podcast that you know there, of course, you know there are crappy things that happen to kids that and yeah. young mm-hmm. kids. And there's a girl that I know of who was, I don't know what game she was playing, uh, but she's 12 and she's playing a game online and she had, I don't even know the words, like a totally open a- access. She could like, chat with yeah. God and anyone. Yeah. And so she was. Mm-hmm. And one of the people she was chatting with was a 20-something-year-old man and he groomed her. He, They were really good friends. He talked about how much, you know, he understood her plight with her terrible mm-hmm. parents mm-hmm. and how amazing she was and how beautiful she is and all the things that every 12-year-old girl wants to hear. Yes. I don't care who you are, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Every 12-year-old girl <laughs> wants to hear. He uh, sent her money and, oh. and he really was, you know, mm-hmm. working her. Mm. And, you know, I know that parents are listening to this and thinking, well, my child would never, right? <laughs> and and I know we don't want to hear about this. And I know it's fairly rare. Yes. But this was, cl- you know, this is a once removed, like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We're yeah, two. Yeah. I'm two degrees, right? Yeah. Um, I know the kid that knows the kid. Yeah. And so what happened is that he somehow convinced her to go to, to take a bus to, to Tacoma. Mm. And so she was missing for I think it was under 24 hours, but they found her and he, it looks like, you know, that he, this is something he does, mm-hmm. is sex, is sex trafficking, or he was heading that direction. So he got caught before anything really terrible went down. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, close one. Close one, yeah. 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 And, yeah. you know, close one. So I think that, you know, as we, you know, I think one of the things that happens for lots and lots of parents is we think, oh, not my kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not my kid. My kid would never. Or, or the opposite, I think, too. You're just really, yeah. like, freaking out, like, no, 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 you must, you will not play any yeah. games. You will not, you know, do anything. Yeah. But yeah. I think another thing that happens is that parents may be a little more on the alert for social media kind of things. Like, they're paying attention to the Facebook page, but they don't maybe even realize that there's online gaming and there's communication going on in that. And you can... Yeah. Um, you know, you can tell people things in online gaming chats that are um, that you shouldn't be saying. Yeah. So yeah. feels anonymous. 
feels right. safe because we have yeah. that separation. Yeah. We have that separation. So, I mean, I just think with all of our tech stuff these days, the best the best rule of thumb of thumb is less is more. Like make it quality time, restrict the access uh-huh. to the devices. You know, sort of a broader conversation. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think that you know, kind of bringing it back to me, and it's sort of weird to have me here to talk about sex, right, and gaming. <laughs> I don't like to put those two words together. <laughs> I mean, there are sex games, but not yeah, yeah, kids, yeah. right? But I think that we just have to really broaden our um, perspective in terms of what a conversation about sex and sexuality looks like, mm-hmm. uh, what the real dangers are to our kids. Because the more savvy your child is, the more likely they're going to work around whatever your family rules are, including mm-hmm. what's happening in terms of the video gaming and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, and also worry about that developmental appropriateness. So for a 12-year-old, maybe the thing to do is have the computer in a public area of the house so they know that you might be looking over their shoulder and kind of doing spot checks, right? Yeah, yeah. sure, right, of course. Like, And who are you chatting with? And tell me who your friends are online. Yeah. And who is that elastic fox? Right? <laughs> elastic fox underscore 69, yeah. big X, little X. <laughs> right, right. Oh, exactly. you know him. Is that him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. So, yeah, so I mean, I think, and I think that there's just so much hard so much to keep up with, you know, just so much to keep up with. Yeah. And the more affluent a family is, the more uh, devices and opportunities kids have and the less attention parents pay. Yeah. yeah. And it's a weird phenom, but it, you know, yeah. we see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I feel like a big part of that is being, you know, being aware of kids' online friendships, but also in the same breath, not stigmatizing them. Because I know even in my generation, so many people my age don't want to admit that they made a friend online. But like not being open about that, I think, is the first step to like kids, teens keeping that a secret because, you know, that they want the online friend to be a secret thing or they're ashamed that they met someone online, even if it's, you know, a totally innocent thing with someone the same age, a totally platonic friendship. I think that there is sort of this idea that those are relationships that we keep secret. So that is amazing to me. I, met I know my it weirds online. me out so I met much. My husband online. I I met yeah. so many friends online, but that's really yeah. cool. I didn't know I that. Took, uh, I probably it probably was not the smartest choice I ever made, but we talked online, and uh, <laughs> now we're going to set a bad example. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a cautionary um, tale: you yeah. might end up married. Exactly, <laughs> married yeah. and pregnant. Um, pregnant. <laughs> so this was this was back before like. Before 9-11, where you could actually wait at the gate for people when they Aww. were coming off the plane. Yeah. And so I flew to Chicago, which is where he was living, from Cleveland, right, which is like a short 40-minute flight. Um, and I came off the gate, and I saw him standing there, and he looked like super, like way more nervous than I did. Aww. And I was like, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is going to be fine. Yeah. yeah so, Aww. But you were an That's adult so at that point, right? I was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was That's, 21. That's yeah. a big difference from 12. That is true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, I, you know, and I think to your point, too, this idea of secret keeping. So really open book. So if you do, yeah. if your kid does have some online friends that they don't know in, in real life, then talk to them about what do you yeah. know about them? Where do they live? What are they telling you? Sure. You know, and, and you know, mm-hmm. if they live locally, say, hey, what do you think about having that kid come over and hang out? Yeah. yeah. And the minute you say that, and you make that offer, if there's something hanky, then <laughs> it'll all go away. That person yeah. will go away. Like, hey, you want to come over and hang out? And I have a friend who whose kid met another kid online, 
And they actually um, ended up inviting the kid over to their house, and they tried to have a friendship. But this child was a bit of a train wreck, and the mom was also a kind of a train wreck. And so that friendship didn't actually work out. So, I mean, these are real-life human beings, but secret keeping. So, you know, you have to find this balance, right? The rule in our family is we don't talk – you don't talk to strangers online because they can be – it's easy to lie. Yeah. It's easy to lie. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, this sometimes happens. So tell me who you're talking to and have a quick conversation. and that way they see – if they see you being open and calm, they're going to be more likely to say, uh, yeah, this weird thing's happening with Elastic Fox 69 <laughs> 69 backslash backslash XXX. Um, they'll be more likely to confide in you if there yeah. is something uncomfortable for them. And, yeah. you know, it's it, – there's no exact sort of rocket science to all of this. And, you know, for me, you know, just talking about sex just overall is really just communication. Yeah. Like – if you can be open about sex and sexuality with your child, you can be open about other things in your life mm-hmm. and makes it they see that you're able to have these kind of more difficult conversations, especially when they're comparing to their friends. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lots of misinformation coming from friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they can be the experts. And then you don't really want them to be the experts. But in your case, your daughter, who is now super well-informed at three, she can be a little expert. Well, I think there was – sorry. There was one of the the things that you talked about when you spoke at my mom's club, which this has nothing to do with games. But you said, like, the younger they know what's going on, the actually less likely they are to be – a victim mm-hmm. of sexual assault or whatever because mm-hmm. I think the example you gave was a little boy standing up on top of the Thanksgiving table and saying, look at my penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, creepy uncle's going to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to touch that kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there is evidence that shows us that, you know, just from surveys and studies of mm-hmm. kids and their sexual health outcomes that and in ter- and really with sexual abuse, the kid. One thing that's very common for folks who were, sex- were sexually abused is that they just didn't know. Yeah, they weren't well informed. And so they didn't know that sex wasn't for kids. They didn't know that it wasn't okay for Uncle Creepy to be touching them in that way. And so Mm -hmm. if you're open from a really early age, it actually does offer some protection because you're, you know, if your daughter's like, Mom, my vulva is itching in front of, you know, everyone at the Thanksgiving table. (laughs) She's not. She has actually said that. Thankfully, not in front of anybody and just to me. But, yes. Right. She knows what's going on. And I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Totally important. Yeah. And I think the same thing applies to online communication and online gaming. Just be open about it and then they'll talk to you about it rather than talking to strangers. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that we don't get in our world is that in the real world, in the like not virtual world, strangers are actually not really a danger to your child. Yes. Yeah. Right? They, like, strangers are a help to your child. Like, the chance that a stranger is going to monkey with your kiddo is, like, they have a higher chance of being <laughs> struck by lightning. Yeah. And so it's usually oh, someone wow. they know. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Stranger danger is total BS. This yeah. is it, it is a lovely marketing misstep. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not – the person that messes with your kid is not a stranger. I mean, every time you hear about it, you hear an Amber Alert. Yeah. Who yeah. took the kid? One of the parents. Right. Right. It's almost always someone they know. So the problem with the online world is there's all this masking. So it's a lot easier to actually have nefarious contact with a Mm -hmm. stranger. So, you know, helping your kids kind of pay attention and watch out for like, who is this person? 
Yeah. And why are they talking to me? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and why are they asking me where I live? Right. You know, and, and what school I go to, and I don't know them. And, you know, a little kid's going to say, I go to Sacagawea Elementary. Right. They're going to say, excellent. What color is your hair? Red. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite game? Black. <laughs> and, and then they're like, uh, hey, I'm so-and-so. We met on, right? Yeah. You Everyone know? wants to I feel mean, special and paid attention right. to. So. Right. And again, really rare, you know, all things being equal, really yeah. rare. But I just see this increased potential for sneakiness. Yeah. Right? For sneakiness. Right. So right. if you're able to talk openly about this stuff, you're going to have less opportunity. Your child's going to be less at yeah. risk. They're going to yeah. be safer. You're going to feel better. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's certainly the best protection for kids any age. But I think we should also mention that for small kids, there are other things you can do. Like if your kids play Minecraft, you can get on a private server, right. for instance, so that strangers can't contact your kids. Yes. In mm-hmm. an online game, and yet they can still be on there and play with their friends and communicate with their friends that way. Yeah. But you have more control over who they can talk to. Yeah. yeah. In most games, you can just turn off chat completely. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I used to do that when I played League of Legends. I'm just get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not want to hear this stuff. Just go away. <laughs> Stop talking. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's right. You can uh, you can yeah. mute or block or do all kinds of stuff with yeah. online chatting. So yeah. it's another option for parents as well. Yeah. I think we also wanted to talk about monitoring because that's something that I know you you do with your kids. And I found out as an adult that my mother would when, when at the time we had a shared computer that she would go through my history, history. (laughs) which and again she never brought this up with me this had absolutely no repercussions on my life at the time but i'm sure it made her feel better so i'm kind of like ah all right i'm gonna forget everything embarrassing that i said and did when i was 15 and just be happy with our relationship because we have a great relationship but um you have a different uh strategy you tell your kids that you're monitoring them right yeah 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 because because so your mom spied on you yes (laughs) (laughs) and she did it absolutely from the absolute best place in her heart right she wanted to make sure you were safe but she was spying Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you use monitoring software, when you have parental controls, you tell your kids, yeah. like mm-hmm. we're using monitoring software. So we make sure that you are make safe choices and good choices. You yeah. know, Milo's, we have monitoring software. He can go anywhere he wants, anywhere he wants. But if he goes to any place particularly interesting, we're going to know. And mm-hmm. then we're going to have a conversation. So he knows yeah. that. And he doesn't like it. I mean, he said it's totally annoying. And his belief (laughs) is that if parents are too locked down and watching too closely, that it breeds kids who work really hard to get to work around around it. it, Yeah. Right. But my belief is and it's really fun to talk to him about this stuff. (laughs) But my belief is, is that if you are providing your kid with lots of information about sex and sexuality, your values and beliefs about porn, because that's the real that's the real thing. Right. About porn and what you know, what the rules are in your family and strategies for managing it and all of that. And you have the monitoring software. They balance each other out. His he's satisfied to some degree his curiosity is satisfied to some degree, and he knows we're watching, so it might lessen mm-hmm. his interest. He's welcome to go look at whatever he wants to, but he won't do it. 
because he doesn't want to talk to me about sex. Right? <laughs> well, that's the price you have to pay, Milo. Right. Talk to your mom about sex. Yeah. <laughs> your sex expert mother. Uh, so, you know, I think that, um, you know, we monitor, We need to monitor. Yeah. It, it, we need to monitor. It's our job to keep our kids healthy mm-hmm. and safe. So if you're not paying attention, your kid's going to get into trouble. You know, I just had a mom contact me because her seven-year-old, they have a Kindle Fire. Mm-hmm. So... Universe, Kindle Fire is a freaking computer, okay? It is a computer. It's not a book. So she loves cooking shows, and she was watching cooking shows on the Kindle Fire, and I don't know what popped up, but something did. And she was searching for something that had to do with kitty or she misspelled something. Oh, no. Uh Oh, Oh, yeah. I know. Seriously. You should be able to look up kitty on the interwebs. You cannot. Safe Uh, search. Safe search. (laughs) Right? So she ended up looking at seeing seeing porn. So the problem is is that they don't know how long she'd been looking at porn on the Kindle Fire because she – I don't know if she knew how to find it or she just happened. She's seven, right? She just lost her yeah. track yeah, yeah, and yeah. then she just left it open. So, uh, yeah. you know, with a young child being exposed to pornography, it really can mess with their sweet little heads. You can't unsee things, yeah. you know. And so they felt like this Kindle Fire was safe because most of the time they were watching with her. And it's a book. Right. <laughs> it's a magic book. I mean, and even though I know people know it's a computer, they have it. It's a Kindle. Yeah. Right? It's a it's a toy. <laughs> but it's a computer. Yes. So I think we have this sort of sense of complacency sometimes. And I it's parenting is exhausting. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> is. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> it is exhausting. And so we're we set ourselves up with all of this stuff we should be keeping track of. We don't do a very good job. I mean, I'm guilty too. I'm not perfect, so don't yeah. please don't think I'm perfect. <laughs> we don't do a very good job. So then we feel ba- guilty about that. And so we're fi- running around feeling guilty because we're not doing a good enough job generally. And then this specifically, we're not doing a good job. So here we are. We're guilty, guilty, guilty. And then something crappy goes down, mm-hmm. right? And so then we feel worse because we know this was our fault because it is your fault if you're not protecting your child online. It's not your kid's fault. And so it's like this vicious cycle. So my tiniest bits of advice are this. Mm. Limit the devices. Limit the time. Mm -hmm. And communicate. Talk about this stuff. Because it yeah, ends up being the easier. Hard conversations. <laughs> yeah, have the hard conversations. And they're not that hard, especially when you start early. Yeah. Like, I'm so, yeah. you know, big round of applause <laughs> that you got the party started, yeah. right? It's going to yeah. just make everything so much easier for you all the way yeah. along, all the way along. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. being uncomfortable now, it's worth it. Yeah. You don't want to be really uncomfortable <laughs> Absolutely. Later. All right. Well, on that note, Amy. We could talk about this forever, but thanks so much for being here. Um, yeah, it's thank been you. wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And if people want more information about me and and what I do and how to talk to kids about sex, you can visit my website. It's birdsandbeesandkids.com. And I also have a pretty robust Facebook uh, experience. So and a great newsletter as well. Yes, and a <laughs> newsletter and a blog. My blog is full of rants, so I might offend you. So apologies in advance. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm, you know, my goal is for every child to grow up to be a whole health the adults. And I believe that talking about sexuality is key to that. So Absolutely. thank you for helping me yeah. reach thank so many thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it's my fun. pleasure. All right. So let's jump into some news uh, this week. 
Kingdom Hearts? No. Oh, come on, Simone. You know you want to talk about Kingdom Hearts. Did Although you... I will point out, you had the number wrong. What? You had yeah, the okay. number wrong. I'm sorry. I, along with everyone else, including whoever wrote that little thing on the board at E3, had the number wrong, will back up. First, did, did you read the Kingdom Hearts article that I put up yesterday? No, I'm sorry. I didn't. Okay, I want you to know how much I suffered putting that, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll know why. Okay, so Square Enix announced that there will be another in-between game between Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3. All right, first, explain Kingdom Hearts just generally. Kingdom Hearts is a wonderful game series that's a collaboration between Square Enix and Disney. So it's the one place where you'll see characters from Disney interact with characters from Final Fantasy, or a lot of the Final Fantasy games, uh, plus some original characters, which are, you know, the hero Sora, who is a young boy on a quest to save all of the worlds. Um, And his companions are, of course, Donald and Goofy. And Goofy is a great word to describe the entire Kingdom Hearts series. (laughs) Um, It's it's really great. It's a really fun um, action RPG, and I really like it because it's so... It's so colorful and it's so fun and it's so kid-friendly and it has a lot of very memorable characters. And then in the same breath, I hate it because, like, the first game came out in 2002 for the PlayStation 2 and the series has just been, like, spread over every single device that has been released since then. (laughs) Like, the, the third or the second one came out for PlayStation 3. There was a title for the PSP. There was a title for, like, the freaking Nintendo 3DS. And... So they've only, like, just in the last couple of years been kind of united in these packaged games that have, like, two or three games from the series in them that come out for, you know, the PlayStation 3. So, (laughs) keeping all that in mind, Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue is the full name of the game. I was. They're, they're taking some notes from Capcom. Oh, honestly, they really are. <laughs> it makes no sense. What's know, the final this, chapter prologue? This is a trend. This trend of like these terribly long game names. I hate like, it. <laughs> how are you gonna re- like you know stick in like a consumer consciousness? Like, yeah, you know it just. Well, and like on top of all the other Kingdom Hearts games, like I know, like Grandma's gonna say, "Oh, he's <laughs> my grandson likes Kingdom Hearts. He wants Kingdom Hearts. Oh, look!" And she'll end up buying the first Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it's just... or just any of them, just yeah, any exactly. of them, because there's there's no way to tell what order they come in. Yeah, because this one, so Kingdom Hearts two point eight will have um, a remastered version of Kingdom Hearts. 3D Dream Drop Distance. And Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance is the one that came out for the uh, Nintendo 3DS. And that's yet another game that happens in between Kingdom Hearts 2 and the upcoming Kingdom Hearts 3. But it's called Kingdom Hearts 3D. Like, why? And and now it's just like HD Dream Drop Distance or whatever. Yeah, Dream Drop, it's Dream Drop Distance HD. So they took out the 3D because it's not on 3DS anymore. But it's just, oh my God. I just, I I don't understand why so many of these companies just feel like it's, it's, you just have to say it's HD. Have to say it's HD. It's like well, with the Kingdom Hearts ones, it makes sense because they're coming for the first time to like a big console rather than being on the 3DS. However, I do resent. I, I understand and I resent. Like if if you're playing a game on the PS4 that isn't HD, 
then there's a problem <laughs> there. I mean, the console oh. is itself HD. Lord. So, yes. and I, I just right want to express my great appreciation that we have a Kingdom Hearts nerd <laughs> on staff at Pixelkin because you. otherwise no one would ever be able to Thank understand you. any of this. And I, you're the nerd, Simone. It's me. You're the nerd. I appreciate that. I was <laughs> like banging my head. I actually, in the article, uh, the news article about this new game, I added at the bottom a little guide to how you can catch up on the Kingdom Hearts series. And really there are only two compilation games that you would need to buy for the PS3 to catch up on the series. Um, and that's Kingdom Hearts 1.5 Remix and Kingdom Hearts 2.5 Remix because why would they be called anything else? Um, this game, Kingdom Hearts 2.8, will be the first one released on the PlayStation 4. And like I said, it has the remastered version of Dream Drop Distance. Plus, um, this is even better, there's a prequel game called Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. This has, I think, a new uh, or an added on um, episode for that game called Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep point two, <laughs> zero point two. So you can get that. Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep 0.2. Why not? <laughs> it's probably got an HD in there. I think I might have taken the HD out yeah. because at that point I was so angry. Plus, then it also has like a little movie called Kingdom Hearts Key. or I, th- I think it's pronounced Key. It's C-H-I. And that is a movie that goes along with the upcoming mobile game Kingdom Hearts Key. So... That's happening. <laughs> and then Kingdom Hearts 3 will eventually be out for the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Or did I say 4 or did I say 3? You said 4. I meant 3. 3 um, is not out yet. It will be out for the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One sometime, presumably before I am dead. It has been in production <laughs> for 70 years. I think Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in 2005. So it's been 15 years. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. We've been waiting a long time. I think I played the first one at least a little bit because I I completely – I remember going into Nightmare Before Christmas world. Oh, I love that part. It's one of my favorite parts. That's about all I remember. Yeah. (coughs) But talking about games that have been been in development forever, um, The Last Guardian, which is this game that's been in development forever um, (laughs) – is a it's a Sony um, it's a PlayStation exclusive game that uh, I forget the the designer's name, but it's the same um, developer that did Shadow of the Colossus and um, Eco, which are older games. Um, Shadow of the Colossus is like really renowned as being a fabulous game. It was out for PS2. Um, so yeah, so these developers have been theoretically working on this game forever. It was shown for the first time at this year's E3 <laughs> and is going to be shown at the Tokyo Game Show, oh. which is my little uh, little transition there. So the Tokyo Game Show, we're going to talk about this briefly, just let you know if you don't, is uh, basically Japan's version of E3 Gamescom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is open to the public. Uh, I went once. Oh. It was fun. Cool. It was much smaller than I expected. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was cool. We were in Japan anyhow, just just for a cool trip. Um, but it was during the time of TGS, so we just we just went. Um, yeah, you get some of more of the uh, the lots of the anime, you know, type games, things that that don't come out uh, in the U.S. Really. Okay. Um, it was it was fun, but like I they I, there's a picture of me that we took where I'm like just standing there in like one of my portal shirts, just being like, "This is all there is." Like we got to the <laughs> end of the exhibit hall, and I'm like, 
this is it. Like, really? Um, <laughs> That's so funny because we, when uh, we were researching it to write the piece that Kesey eventually wrote, um, I think it says on their website or something that it's one of the biggest game shows. And I was like, hold on. Or I think they said the biggest. And I was like, let me actually check the thing I read about Gamescom. Okay, Gamescom has 300,000 people. And yeah. you're telling me this has... I think they probably just TV. haven't updated their marketing yeah. material. TGS used to be huge. I it would imagine it's still huge in Asia. Really huge. Um, but not that many people go to it. It's right mm. there in Tokyo. <laughs> actually, it's bad. not in Tokyo. It's in... I forget the name of the town. But it's not Chiba. actually in Tokyo. Um, but yeah, it was just... Um, we went when it was sort of on its down turn. Mm. I don't imagine Why what do it looks like now. Why that happened? Um, I don't know. Like the rise of Gamescom, the rise of E3, mm. also the kind of westernization of games mm. in general. Um, there's still cool stuff coming out of Japan, but most of it is very niche. So, um, yeah. so not lots of people care about TGS so much. That's too um, bad. It is too bad. I mean, it was fun, but again, it was... Much smaller than I expected. <laughs> and I do have a funny anecdote, though. Um, my husband and I were both trying to learn Japanese a little bit before we went. Uh-huh. So I'm like, you know, doing the Rosetta Stone thing. I did, I actually didn't learn very much. I wouldn't be able to tell you any more words <laughs> <laughs> other than konnichiwa. Um, so, uh, but my husband took Japanese in college. Oh, and, cool. Um, he still he can't speak it fluently or anything, but he he tried very hard. We were on our trip, so there was at TGS like we got through the thing, like we were hungry, we were, you know, buy a hot dog or whatever. <laughs> and Isaac went up to the cashier and like asked completely in Japanese, ordered completely in Japanese, and he was like so proud of himself. And then the cashier is like, "All right, do you want ketchup and mustard with that <laughs> in English?" <laughs> and he was like, he was just like devastated that like he thought he was having this great conversation in Japanese which was like an accomplishment and then you know the person just spoke English (laughs) although she did tell him later that his Japanese was very good which was nice that's very nice yeah so (laughs) so that's Tokyo Game Show I don't expect any big announcements to be coming out of that someone was I think a media molecule no no they're doing Paris Games Week which is also coming up. Never mind. I, I actually, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, I mean, if you're likely to get any news we from got the, the Kingdom TGS, Hearts news it's going to be, it, so. yeah, Square. Um, Plus uh, the Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Jack the Ripper announcement, which. <laughs> <laughs> we might get to that later. Um, but like Capcom and those kind of companies yeah. are the ones that are really going to give you the announcements there. But I haven't seen anything super huge. It's kind of weird that Ubisoft is doing their yeah. announcements there. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and talk to us about Jack the Ripper. Hey. <laughs> so uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which comes out on October, I believe the 23rd for Xbox One and PS4. It'll come out for PC a month later. Uh, they announced the first, basically, DLC for that. So that's something that'll come with the season pass, if you get the season pass, which means that you'll have access to all of the upcoming extra content that they will put out, which they they can't tell you how much they're going to do now because the game isn't even out yet. But they did announce um, what they know will be in it. So that's the Jack the Ripper DLC, which takes place 20 years after Assassin's Creed Syndicate. And you're tracking down Jack the Ripper. Because that actually sounds cool. It does. I, I'm sure it's going to be hashtag problematic. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to play it anyway because I love Assassin's Creed and all of those games are hashtag problematic. Um, 
Yeah, it should be interesting. I'm wondering if it'll be like the murder mysteries that they added in Assassin's Creed Unity, which are um, you basically go from location to location and look for clues and then eventually accuse someone. I don't know if it's going to be in that same format, but I'm wondering if they'll kind of yeah. wrap that gameplay into this particular DLC. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Look, the Jack the Ripper, like, just the whole story around that. I would be I find very, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just it is, so yeah. interesting. And we're never going to know who he was, right? Yeah, never. Never. Oh. I mean, Unbelievable. I don't. I mean, like, I don't know if they could take some evidence and do DNA. I, I doubt there's any evidence left that they could do DNA testing on or anything like that. But it's just a fascinating, fascinating story. It there really is. A few movies made about it. Yeah. Um, Every couple of years, someone writes a book claiming they know who Jack the Ripper is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they really do. No one's yeah. proven it conclusively for sure. Yeah. yeah. So Ubisoft, of course, has to take their stab. Uh Sorry. Why not? <laughs> At who Jack the Ripper is. Why not? That's okay. I'm not going to give you. I did the cross-pollination thing yeah. earlier, so Ugh. I'm not going to. Punishment. <laughs> Punish. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, there are a few other things uh, along the season pass. I think that costs $89. Uh, the regular game is 59 So considering how much stuff, there, there are a few other um, add-ons that they also announced along with that. None as big as Jack the Ripper. but So you are, I think it'll be... A lot of a lot of stuff, but I am not pro pre-ordering games like that in general, just because of the issues that they tend to have at launch. But yeah. yep, a lot of cool yeah. stuff coming out for Assassin's Creed. I'll buy it. Cool. <sighs> <laughs> and on the lines of season passes, you're just giving me these having uh, great transitions I strive today. To please. Um, so the Minecraft story mode, um, which is shocking to me, is going to be coming out at retail. In addition to digitally, I don't know if any Telltale's games have been out for retail, have they? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 it's possible that they have, but I thought that they were all digital. But anyway, the Minecraft, it's actually going to be called Order of the Stone. So that's the first episode? That's the first right, episode. Yeah. Um, you can play as a boy or a girl, which we love, um, but it's got your signature branching storylines like all Telltale games do. So the choices Great. you make will... Yeah. Uh, affect the ending and uh if you buy the retail copy you get the season pass so you're going to get all of the oh, cool. all of the chapters um but if you do it digitally you're going to buy them one by one at least that's my understanding that's very quickly reading Casey's story <laughs> um so the digital version comes out on October 13th the retail one will be out on October 27th that is so is soon cool. you saw it I did. I really, really enjoyed it. Kizzy enjoyed it less uh, because all of the Minecraft jokes went right over her head because <laughs> she's never played Minecraft before. Um, I I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I think their, their sense of humor, which is present in Tales from the Borderlands, translated really well to a kid-friendly property. And, like, it was totally adorable and there was a pig in it which appealed to me as a, a yeah per- I, I love our that. fictional pigs it's like yeah it's like your companion or something yeah it opens right? up with you like he runs away because he gets scared and you have to go into the forest looking for him and there's this poignant scene where you can either tell him to run back to the town while you take on the zombies or like you'll stay and protect him and Aww. yeah so those well. that's the kind of you know heart-wrenching choices that will be in Minecraft story mode which got me you know right in the the heart feels because I'm weak but <laughs> it was really it was a lot of fun cool my dad actually had a pet pig when he what was, was a his kid. name her name her name Rosie that's adorable yeah 
Tell, there was someone I knew in college. Until she grew up. Oh, who had a, yeah. They had a little um, potbelly pig. Cute. Pet. Little black Those thing. Those are cute. That ran around. They're very smart. They're very cute. I don't think I could have a pet that wasn't a dog or a cat, though. I am taking care of my friend's lizard and fish right now, along with my roommate, which, thank God for that, because I would have mercy killed the fish by now and left the lizard to die. Carson, if you ever listen to this, I wouldn't actually leave your lizard to die, but I would have killed the fish. So one fish? One fish. What kind of fish is it? It's a a betta. Oh, okay. Let me tell you about this fish. If you want to hear about this fish, it has to be freaking hand-fed. You can't just what? drop food in the tank because it'll get lost and go in the filters. So you have to, like, put it at a certain part of the tank right up front and, like, poke your finger at it and watch the fish as it lunges and lunges and misses and misses the food pellet over and over again. And you wow. have to do this every day. I had no idea. <laughs> I thought you could just feed them. Because we know, were considering maybe getting one for Anna for, like, her next birthday or something. Because I thought, like, oh, that's great. You only need one fish. Because if you put more than one yeah. in the tank, they will kill each other. So um, I'm It like, might just fish? be this fish. There might be something wrong with this fish. I would not be surprised. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I asked, like, you know, the associate at Petco <laughs> or whatever, like, what what's involved in, yeah. you know, keeping these fish. And he showed me, like, the packet of food and he's like that's you're never going to need more than this packet of food and I'm like hey that's great you need only a small tank and the one fish and one packet of food I'm like that is super simple this Hopefully sounds like is... a catch in the whole fish plan <laughs> I guess I'm gonna have to look more into Inquire how they're fed <laughs> like he like showed me the food but he didn't say anything crazy about yeah them having to be <laughs> Like, well, that was my, like when my roommate started feeding the fish and like standing there poking the food. I was like, "You really—it's a fish. You really don't need to like do this." And he's like, "No, no, we do." And now, and then I tried to feed it the next day, and I was like, "I can't." I—I I had to walk away. I got—I lost like three pellets, and I was like, "I'm done. The fish is yours. I will clean dried lizard poop off of these slate tiles because that is more pleasurable to me than hand feeding a fish that can't feed itself." And shouldn't be alive. This is taking away from your video game time, Simone. <laughs> this is not good. But the cool thing about those fish is that they, they, they can breathe out of water. Oh, can they? Yeah. Wow. Like naturally, they can stick their head up and breathe out of water. That's why it's okay for them to be in such a small tank. Because, um, you know, um, I forget why. Why it is the small tanks are bad for other fish? Um, it's something to do about the surface area and the, and the oxygen and the water. Oh, so, cool. um, But this guy can stick his head up and breathe, so it's okay that they can be in the – Maybe this yeah. guy's tank is too big because he has a pretty big tank. Yeah. Well, well, no, the Petco guy was like, don't get one of these little box things. He's like, you should get at least a five-gallon tank, which still isn't a huge mm, tank. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's bad. I don't know. If you didn't know this, having, like, a goldfish bowl with a goldfish in it is terrible for the goldfish. <laughs> like, it is not going uh, to be able to breathe. And I know that that's something people do all the time still, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, even Elmo on Sesame Street has oh, a goldfish no. in a bowl. Um, but, yeah, so that is bad. So. Here we now are. We pet know. tips. <laughs> this has been pet tips with Nicole. Get, get a virtual pet. That's what I say. Yeah, get yeah. freaking Nintendo dogs or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pikachu. Yay! Get a Pikachu. <laughs> get a Pikachu. That would be better. Um, so there's this cool game coming out on the Wii U um, next year. It's called Pokken Tournament. Mm-hmm. It is a crossover between Pokemon and Tekken, which is a 3D fighting game. And so. We just saw a video of Pikachu 
who is uh, a luchador in this game with a whole mask and everything. And he is just kicking some butt, man. Like he does. Yeah. There are so many exciting Pokemon things happening. Did we, yeah. we didn't have a chance to talk about Pokemon Go, did we? Because that, no, that's the thing that came out or that was announced sounds, last yeah. week. I am so excited. Do you remember the details? Can you explain? Uh, I remember vaguely the details. <laughs> it's basically a mobile game that's coming out in 2016, and you can find – it's an, basically an alternate reality game. So you find Pokemon based on GPS location, and you can capture them in your phone and then use them, train them up, and use them to battle your friends in real life. Nice. So basically it's 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 Pokemon. It's everything we've ever wanted. It's freaking Pokemon with your friends in real life. And sort of like geocaching, too. Yeah, actually. Good point. Yeah. I downloaded Pokemon Shuffle on my iPhone. I haven't played that. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't about it. Like, the gameplay is fine. It's just... It's it's paywall is really uh, severe. Uh, like it's not just waiting. Like Candy Crush is like five minutes or whatever for a new turn. In Pokemon Shuffle, it's like half an hour. No. Yes, it's crazy. Um, so I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna do this. Just, yeah, I almost I'm like wish... playing through it. And it's like you know, half. I just see the timer. I'm like, what? I'm gonna wait half an hour to yeah. play this. I hope for a Pokemon Go. Like I would rather they do just a one-time payment for it because yes. if it's something where you're going to be continuously leveling up and getting new Pokemon, yeah. new content, it, you know that kind of entail would entail a ton of microtransactions. Were it a microtransaction-based app, I don't know anything so far about the payment. Nothing has been announced so far, but I I hope that it would be a one-time thing because like yeah. it's. It's going to be a full game, and I think we have this resistance to paying full game prices for apps, even if they are, you know, games full <laughs> games that people put a lot of work into, which a lot yeah. of them are. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll I, see. I so much prefer that model. Yeah, yes. like yeah. Alpha Bear does that really well. I think. Yeah. Uh, even though they, well. you know what? I think they've the naps have been shortened. They have it been. Seems a lot. to me they have been shortened a lot. So I don't know if they were listening to the podcast when I was complaining about the naps, <laughs> um, but they have been shortened mm-hmm. quite a bit, which I have found is is keeps my interest in there much longer. Yeah. Um, so we can well first we should say Destiny the Taken King. Oh yeah. Like this huge expansion for Destiny is something that came out that none of us are playing. <laughs> but Linda's son is. Chris, yeah. Yes. He, he plays, he likes Destiny quite a bit, so he's been doing all the reviews on Pixelkin for that, and he's um, going to throw himself into playing the Tanking King and let us know what he thinks. So, cool. Yeah. Excited. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Everybody seems super excited about that thing. I don't play Destiny, but... It's had a lot of good reviews. Um, yeah, the, the expansion. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen a bunch of people on Twitter saying Very that they love it. it. Yeah, They're doing well, a promotion thing with Red Bull right now where they have a, a mission that you can find a code for on Destiny-branded cans of Red Bull. So, <laughs> yay. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good game, and it seems to be improving all the time, too, yeah. so, which is cool. Yeah, the, that's what people have been saying, is that the yeah. Taken King kind of fixes everything that's yeah. been wrong with it up till now. And the thing yeah. that I've heard consistently about Destiny is that Bungie put a lot of work into making it a first-person shooter that is as smooth as possible and will not make you sick, even if you aren't used to first-person shooters. Um, that's not a... You know, that probably won't work for everyone, but I know yeah. that I have friends who usually don't play first-person shooters, but they love Destiny because it really makes itself accessible in that way, and it really, like, 
at the core of Destiny, no matter how crappy the story might be. Sorry, Bungie. It is incredibly fun gameplay. So huh. there you go. I didn't know that about the FPS thing. Yeah. I never yeah. used to have problems. With, well, I could never watch Isaac play an FPS mm-hmm. game, but I was always fine if I was controlling the camera myself. Interesting. Like, that was good. I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah I couldn't watch for, the kids play. I don't know what's, what was going on. I mean, I still haven't finished it. When I downloaded Burial, Burial at Sea... Uh, uh, DLC for Bioshock Infinite, and it makes me sick to play it. And I was like so excited about this thing. Like, you get to play as Elizabeth. Oh my god, this is gonna be so great! And then I sit down to play it, and I have to stop in half an hour. I'm so sad for you because I'm so sick. It was, uh, yeah, it was a nightmare. Have you noticed how weird the perspective or the scale is in Bioshock games? I notice it more and more in Infinite and Burial at Sea, but like, you'll stand next to a desk. And it comes up to your freaking collarbones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, just, there is that. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, you're also eating food out of garbage cans. This, so, this too, yes. You know, uh-uh. There's a lot to be sick about when it comes to Bioshock Infinite, the game which I love. So, yeah, no, I loved it too. Uh, original was better, but yeah. totally, totally loved it. Um, but yeah, I'm so disappointed. That's so sad. Have you watched Let's Plays or do they also... No, I don't. Okay. No. Like I said, I can't watch other people play. Oh, yeah, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so now our 360 isn't even, I don't think it's hooked up in a way that can be turned on and played upon. (laughs) It might, it might be. I know the PS3 is not. (laughs) um, Most of the time, we just do Xbox One now, anyhow. um, Yeah. Because it's easier and I can just walk into the room and say, Xbox On. And then Anna can't be exposed to burial at sea. Well, yeah, I would never play it in front of her anyhow. But it's so cute because she tries to do the Xbox voice commands. And her voice is just a little too high-pitched to get them. (laughs) Which is a thing. Like, if you have a really high-pitched voice, naturally, your Xbox isn't going to understand you. And actually, my husband has problems with it, too. But I don't. Like, it recognizes my voice all the time. So I don't know if I'm just saying things. Like, I articulate very much when I'm talking to it (laughs) so that it understands. Um, But yeah, when Anna tries to do these, it's so adorable. It's like, you know, we'll pause, like, whatatever she was watching so she can go potty and she'll come back. She, Xbox, play! <laughs> Xbox Play. It's so funny. Does she get mad when it doesn't work? Or well, usually we like, intervene. <laughs> we intervene. Although it's hard to get her to stop. I'm just yeah. like, you have to be quiet for me to do this in order for yeah, it to work. Yeah. So she has a hard time shutting up for long enough <laughs> for it to work sometimes. Um, uh. But yeah, so we got totally off on a tangent there uh, with burial at sea. So. Um, yeah, Destiny. Destiny is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Take it from three people who haven't played this. <laughs> <laughs> I have watched many hours of Emmett playing Destiny. Well, then you, you do. You do no more. I have not watched anything related to it at uh, all, ever. Um, well, so. that's all right. But then there's... There, there's a little rivalry behind my husband's company and, and Destiny, so... Yeah. That's kind of why <laughs> Destiny has not made it into our house, at least a little bit. Full disclosure, my husband Isaac works for 343 Industries, which is a company that makes Halo <laughs> and is part of Microsoft. So 
you might want to take what I say about Halo and stuff with a grain of salt. That's your choice. Um, <laughs> Always lying about Halo. Uh, you know what? I'm, I've tried to keep it out of the podcast as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes there's big news. Yeah. And you can't just not talk well, you, you, about the big news. It's impossible to ignore Halo. Yeah. Like, it's a behemoth. <laughs> yes. Uh, not the behemoth, by no. the way, which is a game to film. <laughs> 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 oh. Um. Okay, so we haven't been playing Destiny, but what have we been playing? Simone. Uh, oof, God, what have I, I just totally spaced out? Tarot Unfolded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I finally started playing Tarot Unfolded. My review actually went up today at pixelkin.org. Spoilers, I loved it. <laughs> like, no no surprise there, but I think what, what I went into it being pretty psyched because I love Media Molecule. I know that they know how to make games match up with the hardware in a really interesting way. So I was like, yeah, it's going to be a good game. I did not expect to love all of the changes that they made to it as much as I did. They added a bunch of new areas and some things they completely changed. Like I I won't spoil anything actually here, but there are a few big plot beats that played out in totally different ways from the original game, which was released for the Vita in 2013. Um, so I definitely... Yes, this Vita. The PlayStation Vita, Vita, which exists and is loved by many. Um, Many (laughs) people who work at Sony. (laughs) I'm sorry. People who want to play Danganronpa and Persona (laughs) and Tearaway, the original. However, yes, Tearaway Unfolded came out for the PS4. I would say it is definitely, if you loved the first game, it's worth getting on the PlayStation 4. If you haven't played the first game and would still like to play it. Uh, definitely get Tearaway Unfolded. It is totally, it's in many ways the same game, but it's just as much a reimagining at the same time because it's amazing. Um, and the the new controls are very, very interesting and very challenging in parts, but, parts, but uh, the original game was also pretty challenging too. And it was a lot of fun and it's just as heartwarming and adorable and tear jerking <laughs> as the original it might just be for me i'm a person who cries very easily when cute little things look at me and yes. we you have cry a connection over, over paper <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so cute so the little the little messenger character with their envelope head like you'll be running along moving them through the world and they'll crane their head back and look at you through the screen and then I squeal like a tiny child because it's yes. it's just so cute like the little there's so many little touches in that game that really tell you how much Media Molecule cares about the details of what they do and that's one of them yeah. um Love yeah, it. I distinctly remember Sweet. having to change something in your review, review from the specific, like, race of little things to <laughs> adorable little creatures. Wendigos. Yes, Wendigos. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Nobody else Wendigos is going to know what that actually, is. Which is, um, that's why I changed Native to. Native American mythology. They're oh. a monster. Um, okay. <laughs> Which is in- an interesting choice because most of Tearaway is based on English kind of pastoral folklore. Like, there's the Green Man. There's... um. All these like it's very very English in its um, in its folklore, but there's Wendigos also, which come from Native American folklore, and they're these kind of little monsters which start out as villains, and then you get to know them a little better. Heartwarming tale of monsters. Um, I love them. <laughs> they they're adorable. <laughs> okay. Everything in Tarot is adorable. Anything else? Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, you know, I have been trying to play Life is Strange episode four for like three weeks now, and I can't get past like the first 15 minutes of it. 
So it, it's gotten very, very soap opera in that episode, um, which actually Maddie Myers wrote a great piece on the Mary Sue about that. But hopefully I will be able to fight my way through and get to the part where it is less like mid middle-of-the-day television soap opera drama and more like late-night soap opera television drama with murder, <laughs> which is what I'm all about. <laughs> this coming nice. off of me talking about how much I love cute things. Um, and I saw in movie news, which I'm going to talk about because I feel like it, I saw The Man from Uncle remake with oh, by Guy Ritchie. It is so good. It is so funny. Nice. And the cinematography is incredible and it's full of beautiful people. Yes. Which is. And clothes. Beautiful oh, clothes. my God. <laughs> yeah. Everything about that movie is beautiful and I, oh, I loved it. Nice. Nice. Yep. There's, there's something that I did in the real, real, real world too, but uh, based on. <laughs> Games. So I love mm-hmm. The Wolf Among Us, um, which is Telltale episodic game. It's inspired by the comic book series Fables. So I bought a bunch of Fables, graphic novels, and started reading them. Hey, and I love them. Great. And they are awesome. Nice. So the game did its job. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, besides that, you know, your typical Hearthstone, uh, oh. Alpha Bear. Uh, <laughs> I'm in the, the house section now where you have adorable little uh, – Milky bear, and <gasps> zesty bear, coffee bear, tea bear, and I just got veggie bear. I want those. I'm still on Brainy Boss. <laughs> which which level is that? That is five, five or six. Yeah, I'm, it's it's right after. Uh, no, it's there's Brainy Boss, and then there's House House Boss, and it's after you beat House Boss. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Once you beat <sighs> once you beat Brainy Boss, you have the people one. That's where you get De Bear. De Bear. <laughs> French one. Um and the funky one and all that kind of stuff. That's what so, I live for. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the naps have gotten much so much, much shorter. More, yeah. Love you, Spry Fox. <laughs> yeah. But the game has gotten harder, like much, much harder. Yeah. Um I haven't unlocked the the boss yet for the house level. Wow. Because I have to get like you have to get like eight golds in order to unlock him ah. and there were a good number of days when i tried like multiple times like i cannot get oh, a gold no. on this thing it's just so hard um but yeah so i'm plug. i have i have four of those gold now so i only need four more all right well yeah. yeah and then i went back to fantasia this week too because i felt like Yay. working out <laughs> some. um and i actually did it for two hours on sunday oh. well my husband and daughter were at Costco. Um, so, yeah, but it, I was like, this is a full workout. Like, I was sweating. It was just, I'm like, Nice. Yes. That yes. is awesome. Yes. That is fun. So, um, but, yeah, that's me. How about you, Linda? Well, you know, last week I went to the Digital Kids Summit in San Francisco and um, saw a bunch of things. Uh, some people talking about the new Hello Barbie doll, which is a smart toy. And Barbie actually talks to kids kind of like Siri talks to you on oh. your your Apple phone, which is um, upsetting some people and scaring some people, And but I don't think it's as scary as it sounds. So I yeah. wrote a piece on Pixelkin about that. And then um, Warren Buckleitner from Children's Technology Review did a panel where he talked about um, an, a game called Stargirl, 
And um, <laughs> anything like Star Stable. Oh, no, <laughs> I don't think so. I think Star Stable is a lot more appropriate. So <laughs> Star Girl is more like Kim Kardashian Hollywood. Because so, we need more Kardashian stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, they actually have their own sort of version of Kardashian, which is Paris Hilton. But apparently you have to pay probably pay a lot of money to get the Paris Hilton. So um, what Warren Buckleitner was saying was um, the paywalls, the way that they set this up to trap kids into uh, paying a lot of money for things. And um, he's basically saying this is unfair. This shouldn't be happening. Yeah. And he's also calling for the play stores to stop um, – letting this go forward without warnings. He wants a mm-hmm. lot better labeling on these games, yeah. which I, I thought really made sense. But I did play some Stargirl just to find out exactly how bad it was. <laughs> it was so bad, you guys. <laughs> it was so bad. So you're this, um, your character is trying to become a star um, and and dating boys. So... Um, <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So That's I, what we love to hear. <laughs> it reminded me of um, a little bit of this game called Mystery Date that I played when I was a kid, like <laughs> that, that board game where you're dating. You're, I, I have heard of that, but I did not play it. You're, you're fake dating, <laughs> you know. But the characters were cute. Like you had the kind of nerdy science kid that you would just try to date or the, or the basketball player or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this game that has sort of like that, only everyone's an actor or a soccer player or something like that. Uh, and soccer players are very much in vogue now. <laughs> and the only way that you get them to like you is that you buy them stuff. Oh. So you go on dates and your little heart fills up the more things you buy them. And one of the things you can I buy mean, them. at least the women are in charge of providing financially for the men. Well, it goes both yeah. ways. Oh, no. It's, a, it's all about money, but it goes both, oh, both ways. So one of the things you can buy them is beers, <gasps> literally. So you you press on the beer icon, and you have to press it, I don't know, a couple cases worth of beer, man. You've got to buy that soccer star a lot of freaking wow. beer. Can he have that many carbs? He has to work out. <laughs> I don't know how that could possibly work. But then, then... You can invite him back to your house. Oh, my gosh. And then he will start giving you gifts, which are not beers. I mean, I'd rather have beers. He gives you, like, ugly stockings. And then (laughs) – And then I'll – And then then he decides that he's your boyfriend. That's how you get a boyfriend. So You buy him stuff until he's like, yeah. Well, that is not completely unheard of in games. (laughs) Uh, In Harvest Moon – in order to get your mm-hmm. mage, you have to give them lots and lots of gifts. Okay. Um, I guess there's a precedent for it then. I huh? guess. But Harvest – I really don't want to compare Harvest Moon <laughs> to this thing. Harvest Moon is a delightful game that, you know, you don't have to even do anything about getting a mate. You can just plant carrots and take care of your animals. <laughs> just like that every child always wants. That, that yeah. sounds better. This uh, yeah. is this is like um, teaching teaching your daughter to be a consumerist – 
fame mongering <laughs> person. So yeah. I, I it's would... just so disappointing that that's what people direct at little girls as if that's all they're capable of being interested in. Exactly. Because like, yeah. Yeah. sure, I wanted to be an actress definitely for most of my childhood, but I also had a lot of other interests like horses and birds for a time. I wanted to be an ornithologist. Why? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like little girls have just as many interests as little boys and it disappoints me that people always focus on like, what do we want them to think about? Being rich and beautiful and wearing nice clothes and having cute boyfriends. Yeah, that was yeah. it. That was the entire world of Stargirl. <laughs> yeah. I we don't got, recommend we, it. We got sent, you know, I get all these preschool app recommendations now after Anna's apps. We got something called Sweet Baby Girl, like summer whatever. This is aimed at like toddler <sighs> age girls. <laughs> And I'm going to write about this eventually <laughs> once I get some time. But this thing is terrible and it's got a really, really strict paywall. And like the thing with the press release was like the first bullet was dress up in fashionable clothes and get your hair done in a hair salon. Uh, there are some yeah. other things that would be acceptable to me such as taking care of a pony. But that wasn't the, that was not the first bullet point. That was like the last bullet point in the uh, press release. So. And the ponies probably behind a paywall. Yes, it was. There was not very much that wasn't behind no. the paywall there. And it's funny the the paywall, Anna hates the paywall, but at least she's she's in something that I can at least get behind a little bit. Plants vs. Zombies 2. She still plays and she Aww. is very heartbroken that the chomper is locked. <laughs> She's like, Mommy, when are we going to unlock the chomper? And I have to say, Honey, we're not going to unlock the chomper because I disagree with the way that this game has turned out so much. <laughs> so, it's... Mommy has an ethical problem with this game. <laughs> yeah. I love the chomper. I think he's a great character, but I, I can't <laughs> do it. And I hate that they have put uh, the plants like, like that one behind the paywall because they were like some of the most fun to play with in the previous games. So they have taken like some of those really fun plants and just made them completely premium. Do you, do you make rules as you go along about what you'll pay for and what you won't in the games? Or do you have rules kind of ahead of time? Um, I, well, it depends on the game. Like okay. I give each game its own thing. And when Plants vs. Zombies 2 first came out, it was wonderful and I loved it. And I spent $10 to get stuff in it because I wanted to support PopCat for what they were doing. And then they changed the whole thing. And now it is terrible. <laughs> and I hate it. Um, and uh, But I don't play very many free-to-play Hearthstone is basically the only yeah. one. And I've, I've spent a little bit of money in that, but not a lot. And... Um, but, yeah, the only other one – well, these are all, like, regular purchases, the preschool apps. Like, most of them that I've done for Anna's apps have just been the one-time uh, purchase. They're not free to play, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is good. Mm -hmm. So there are some respectable people out there making apps <laughs> for little yeah. kids. Well, I think uh, Alpha Bear, Bear does a pretty good job. Um, I don't yeah. remember if we – we didn't pay for that, did we, that app? Uh, I paid for it. Um, there, There's uh, honey in it. There's honey and coins, and you can pay three ninety nine and have infinite honey. And I believe – I. I'm not sure about this because I paid for it immediately because I love Sprite Fox. But yes, the honey is – Yeah, that's how you get in – or every match I think costs a certain amount of honey that yeah, you have to Yeah, it's do, like your so. turns in Candy Crush. Yeah. You have a certain amount of honey that you can spend that's to That's what I was trying to remember. Over time. Yeah, we, yeah, but it was so cheap. But yeah. it was like, I like this game. It's not expensive. I I'll did the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I did the same thing with yeah. Alpha Bear. I just couldn't remember if we paid for it up front. We, no, no, it's the, free. It was free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's free. free right, it's free. Yeah. So that kind of a model seems fair to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, you know, I was really irritated with the naps. 
<laughs> when they were really in long naps, you could spend coins to wake them up, but it was a lot of coins. Yeah. And then, like, if you woke them up and you sort of went into this level and they didn't really end up helping you that much, that was yeah. super frustrating because you have to wait a whole other day for them to wake up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't have really bad naps now, which makes me very happy. Yeah, they were very responsive to all the feedback that people were giving them. Yeah. Which is something I appreciate about Spry Fox. Well, I'll be happy when I get the Einstein bear, because I only (sighs) got one bear to get on that level. Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't found him either. I keep beating everything, but I can't get that bear. Where's the Einstein bear? Is is he in the people level? Maybe he's in the... uh, I think he's in the... Brainy. Oh, the brainy it, oh level. is he in one of the treasure levels? Uh, well, well, yeah. Well, uh, you supposedly can get a legendary every once in a while yeah, when you beat yeah. the regular ones. But no, he's in mm. one of the the treasure event things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Although I got Vampire Bear the other day. Man. So I only have one more bear in the the scary <sighs> one that I don't have, and that's Slasher Bear. Which I'm really curious <laughs> to see what he looks like, honestly. <laughs> um, but Vampire Bear, like, he wasn't that great. He's like 240% extra, and he gives you more Vs. I'm like, I don't want I more don't want Vs. Vs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but the other thing that I found too, the further I get along, is that these the bears in the level that I am now are so powerful. Like, you go back and you play like some of these previous levels using yeah. those bears. It's like your meter fills all the way up to gold, <laughs> and then it just keeps on spinning the score. And I'm nice. like, that was a really waste of that bear. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so anyhow, yeah, you should play Alpha Bear. It's fun. Um, but we're gonna wrap things up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, you can uh, review us on iTunes and subscribe to us as well. You can also find us on Blog Talk Radio. We are on Facebook, Pixelkin. We are on Twitter, Pixelkin underscore org, and also at Gaming with Moms. And we have a YouTube channel, which has some crazy URL, <laughs> of which I learned today as I was looking at our analytics. That's why every time I tell you, just don't, don't. Yes. You're not going to get the URL out of me. It's like 50 characters long. Yes. So just go to YouTube and search for Pixelkin. And then since I haven't done it in a while, my Twitter handle is at Nicole Tanner. Linda's is... At Lydia Storm. And... Simone is at Doom Quasar, of which the media molecule community people probably really hate uh, seeing. I all I want <laughs> is their love. Like I love them. <laughs> all right, well, we'll bombard them and yeah. ask them for love. Um, oh yeah, questions, questions. If you have questions, comments, or other feedback, you can send those to hello at pixelkin.org. And once again, I am very sad that we are not getting questions. So please, please, please send us questions. Um, And I think that's it. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be with you next week. This podcast was recorded in the studios of the Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle, Washington.